found you or you found me. I'm your host, Stronzo, and this is the Island Lifer Podcast. Episode 6, Get Your Freak On. Life requires passion. You know, when I started promoting this episode, uh, Get Your Freak On (laughs) has a lot of different connotations. And I'll let you take whatever one you want, because across the board, that's how I'm feeling. (laughs) It's the truth. Hey, listen, before I get started, wherever you're at, I hope you're having a great day. I want to thank everybody for listening in and the feedback that I've gotten. Uh, The podcast got picked up uh, this week on Apple Podcasts and whatever platform you're listening on. Um, I just really appreciate it. I'm super grateful. Um, And it's interesting. um, Some of the messages that I've gotten, um, especially from older friends, um, and this really... uh, this uh, leads uh, into uh, Life Requires Passion. This podcast, man. I mean, I wanted to do this. I want to do it. I love it. I love everything about it. But fuck, it's scary. It's scary for me, man. I'm a super private guy. I'm an unbelievably private guy. Um, things that I want to put out into the world, uh, into the real world off island, um, I've always been very uh, selective. Um I don't like a lot of exposure. I don't like to be seen. I don't like being observed. Um, so this exercise for me um, of, in some ways, letting people read my diary, having, you know, kind of this open flow of consciousness. I know it's not a big deal to most people, you know. You're telling stories, Stronzo, you know, but there's times that uh, I go deep. Episode one was heavy, man. I mean, I got some feedback from my family that they said we didn't know any of those things that happened. You know, we didn't know that you were going through that. We didn't know um, how bad things had gotten for you over in Switzerland. So, I mean, it's cathartic, man. It's cathartic for me. And um, I appreciate you listening in wherever you're at. And um, I think of you as a friend. And I <laughs> and I appreciate you sitting here on the hammock next to me keeping Chatty Catty occupied. A tiger in disguise. My cat, Chatty Catty. So life requires passion. I'm a passionate guy. I always have been. Um, I, I'm a romantic. I've always loved women. I mean, I've always loved women. I love everything about women. Um, I love their form. I love their brains. I love uh, the way that um, they choose to live their lives. I think that women... Um, have overcome uh, unbelievable odds against men. Because, <laughs> come on, men, we're just a pain in the ass in general. I mean, I know there's good men out there. I think of myself as a, you know, a, a good man or a better man than I've ever been in my life. I probably have two ex-wives that will think that comment's cringe <laughs> cringeworthy. Um, but life requires passion for me every single day. Um like I had mentioned, I have enough health problems and I um, have had enough challenges that I have to find something every day that motivates me, that I bring, uh, find joy and fulfillment. Um, like I said, um, 
I have a practice. I do my morning meditation. I try to do yoga when I can. I work with a, uh, a therapist, a massage therapist, and a spiritual healer. Um, this is part of my passion. My passion is for myself, for my body, for staying healthy, for staying alive. Um, I'm passionate about my relationships that I have um, with my friends and my family and my girlfriend. Um, I'm passionate about... Um, it's funny. I spent a lot of time in my life when I was earlier. I was a conspiracy theorist. I was... I spent years being angry, just so angry about everything that was happening out in the world. And I know there's a lot to be angry out about out there. I know there is. Um, if you're watching the news and participating that way, um, it's tough. I know it's tough. It's overwhelming. So when, and one of the, and, and I admit it. I admit that I have the luxury. I have the luxury in the life that I have dreamt and created to be able to um, sit on a Thursday morning. Um, and make a podcast. Um, I know that I am uh, I'm super fortunate to be able to do my practice every day, that I have a limited amount of stimulus. Uh, guys, if I have to go, if, um, if, my sh if I have like more than two, two to three things to do in a day, like get pineapple, <laughs> like that's it. Like I don't think I can handle that much. When I was in the business world, and you guys out there, you all know, and I'm sure you're dealing with it, you know, whether it's deadlines, uh, the commute, um, I've had commutes that just destroyed my soul. You know, a boss. I had a guy that I had to work with uh, one of my la during the last few years that I was um, really active. That every day it was confrontation. So you have confrontation with somebody. So you could wake up, do your meditation, have all the passion for your life, love your job, love everything else, but the external environment just you know, destroys you. I mean, it just destroys you. All that stuff coming in that you just end up having to have knee-jerk reactions to. So listen, I know um, that I have the luxury, and I'm taking advantage of it. I'm taking advantage of pursuing my passion and getting my freak on. And what does that mean, too, to me? Like, my interpretation of that, and I'll tell you exactly what it is. For whatever reason, when I was growing up, um... When I was around, and I didn't realize this until later on, of course, when I was around people that were truly being their authentic self, that they had pulled down all of their walls, that they were vulnerable, because that's really what we are, right? When we're being ourselves, we're being vulnerable. And, um, and in that, a lot of times people seem weird or freaky or odd or peculiar, um, now as, as I've evolved, passing 50, getting to know thyself, realizing that out of all the weird ones out in the world, all the freaks, all the, I, like, that's what we all are, that we, uh, like, when we're being, when we're being honest in our authentic selves, and we know that we're peculiar. I'm a strange dude. I am a strange, strange guy. Like, I eat the same thing every single day. Not for a day, not for a week. I eat the same thing for months and months and months. Um, I've had weird OCD stuff that's very peculiar. I mean, being an observer of myself, <laughs> like, I'm the first one to sit in the back of the class and put my hand up and say, that dude over there, like, that's the guy. Um, and it's it's in that that um, realizing that that it's given me the freedom to pursue the things that I love to do because 
because I finally realized that it just doesn't matter. People aren't looking at me. People don't care. And if they do and they pass judgment on him, that's on them to carry. And I didn't get that. I didn't get that for so long. There's a few, there's a few people that I'm speaking to directly today about that, someone I love in particular, <laughs> about not worrying about what people think of you and just do your thing. So when I was young, these people, you know, it was that weird aunt or it was, you know, that person that was just really eccentric and, you know, and I was fearful of them and I couldn't figure it out. And, and I know now what it was. It was because they were being themselves. And it was, you know, at that age, I had already had so many, so many walls and I, uh, I was extreme. I was a terribly fearful child. I was really afraid of just about everything. Um, I wet my bed until I was like eight years old. It was so humiliating. I'd go over to sleepovers at kids' house and I'd like wet my GI Joe fucking <laughs> sleeping bag, and you know the mom would have to hang it out on the line after you know there's like ten kids at a birthday party, and my GI Joe sleeping bags out on their clothesline with a giant stain on it. It was just, I mean everything. I just had. All of that stuff. I was just a mess as a little. I had a speech impediment. <laughs> I had a terrible speech impediment. I couldn't say my sh or my ch. So if I said shit, I'd say chit. And and I already was this. I was having learning. I had learning dis disabilities as a child. When I was in, when I, I'm not laughing at learning disabilities. I I'm laughing at the fact that I didn't realize that all of these things were happening to me. Like when I was in fourth grade in uh, Mrs. Wiley Robidoux's class. I think one of the first women ever I knew that had her name hyphenated. I, even then, fourth grade, I remember I still have a, <laughs> had a little bit of a crush on her. But uh, in Mrs. Wiley, Miss, oh my God, I can't believe I just forgot what I was saying. Mrs. Wiley Robidoux's class had a crush on her. Come on, guys. Chatty Caddy, this is what you're here for when I lose track of what I... This is the first time in six episodes... I'm 10 minutes in. There's just no way I'm going to start recording this again. Um, Chatty Caddy, Mrs. Wiley Robidoux. Somebody help me. Chatty Caddy, Mrs. Wiley Robidoux. Chatty Caddy, Mrs. Wiley Robidoux. Women uh, crush hyphenated name. Oh, gosh. Anyways, uh, having passion for... <laughs> I got to go back to that. I don't know, man. I got... Well, like when I do this, I knew this was going to happen sooner or later, guys. Like that... You know, I don't edit anything. I don't cut anything out. I press record. I press record. I start playing guitar, and then I push stop at the end of it. <laughs> oh, Stronzo, little oh, Stronzo. Are you even gonna publish this one? Is this one of the ones that are is gonna go into the deep dark? Anyhow, let me just keep on <laughs> moving through. So, uh, I realized when I was young that. Uh, uh, when people were really being their authentic selves and that um, I was fearful of people. And I'll give you an another example, too. Um, people that realized very early on that they were gay. And especially back in the days um, when I was young, that it was very, I mean, that's why it was called coming out, because it was a big deal and it was tough. And um, I think that people who realize very early on um, that they're homosexual, um, they have to have so much courage and bravery 
to um, just go out there and be themselves, right? I mean, that's that's what we see inside of that. And I saw that too in people that I was, you know, wow, okay, this person's really against against societal norms, okay, uh, against pushback, okay, against rejection, okay, uh, being ostracized from the family, oh, okay, you know. And in that, there's that bravery. And and I was a conformist. I conformed in a lot of different ways. Um, and uh, it was funny. I had to go see a child psychologist when I was young. I had so many pro Oh, that's what I was talking about, bedwetting, right? That's where I lost it. Anyways, I had to go see a child. I, oh, I was naming all my strange behaviors. Jeez, Stronzo. <laughs> and uh, I had to go see a child psychologist when I was <laughs> really young. And uh, I just remember, like, thinking uh, to myself, like, Oh, this is I'm a special kid like they they want to do testing on me because I'm so intelligent. And oh, I remember the story I was telling you guys. So I was in Mrs. Wiley Robidoux's class and on like Thursdays this guy named Mr. Carbone would come down and uh he would uh he would take me out of class and we would go sit in the library in the corner of the library and build models together and talk. And even then I was like, wow, I am so like, they must just know how smart I am that they want me to talk to an adult because, you know, I'm that interesting. <laughs> my poor parents, man, my poor parents. So it wasn't until like, honestly, I had a career where I couldn't be myself. I had a career where um, uh, I had, I was uh, wearing a lot of disguises, literally <laughs> in a lot of different ways. And, um, and once I moved to this island and I started, um, really, uh, getting to know myself and taking down those walls, you know, um, and being surrounded by people every single day that their walls are down. There are not a lot of people that I deal with here that are bullshitters on this island that care about what their neighbors think. Uh, people don't drive flashy cars on this island. Um, people don't flash their money. You don't feel inadequate or that you haven't um, made it in life. You don't judge yourself against anybody here. I mean, it's an amazing thing. You could be sitting at Zacco's Tacos on a bar stool next to a guy that's worth $500 million who's got an estate out at the end of the island, and he's wearing the same shirt that he's had on for the past 15 seasons that he's been here. And he's unshaven, and he looks like he doesn't have two nickels to rub together. And he'll talk to you about just about anything. You know, one of the great things about this island is there's an inherent lack of pretension. You know, um, women don't wear high heels here. I mean, you'll break your ankles on the sidewalks, you know. Um, it's, it's a place, I'm not saying high heels are pretentious. I'm just saying, like, people don't get dressed up here. You know, there's, you know, maybe for Sunday church people are, are doing that or, um, but, but. That's not that's not what part of this culture is. And so when I when I was able to strip away, when I felt safe finally to be on this island, um, it made all the difference because I finally, after all these years, pulled those walls down and I realized that I was that person that I, I saw in all these people all of my life. You know, and I've always pursued my passions. I really have. Um, I uh, I took stain. I know how to make stained glass windows, cane chairs make candles, make soap. <laughs> I mean, I think I should have been born in 1717 or something like that. But, you know, I'd say I've mentioned I went to 4-H. My mom taught, taught me how to knit, embroider. As an adult, <clears throat> I uh, paint with acrylics. I play guitar, as you hear. 
you know, I don't have a mastery of anything. I will, I, I, I know that, that I don't, and I don't need to have a mastery. I don't need Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours or whatever it is. I'm, I'm okay um, having a mastery that makes me happy. Um, and like I said, uh, when, I, when I realized <laughs> about pursuing passion, sometimes we just don't have a choice. Like when I'm talking about doing this podcast, I don't have a choice to do this podcast or not. Like a salmon going upstream, I'm driven to do it. Um, one of my greatest passions here on the island has been metal detecting. Um, I started metal detecting uh, a number of years ago. Um, the first thing I ever found metal detecting in Connecticut was a 1723 uh, seated Hiberian halfpenny. And I just was hooked. I thought it was amazing. Um, when I sit here and doing the podcast in the center of my uh, dining room table on a wooden carousel are some of my greatest finds. And there's just thousands and thousands of dollars worth of rings. I probably have 40 or 50 rings and diamond rings and engagement rings and just amazing stuff it's a big booty you know i'm like a dragon i sit on top people come over and they're like why don't you get rid of this stuff i'm like no man i'm gonna probably end up burying it all in a treasure chest before i that's the other thing guys I'm talking about pursue your path i'm a pirate i'm a pirate 2019 i mean i'm not like a pirate raping pirate slashing pirate i'm a i you know i'm a parata man i i've i'm I have that kind of mentality of, you know, I'm going to bury this treasure. I will. I, you know, everybody knows that's, a, that's, <laughs> I will. I'll put it in a little chest and before I go, it's going to be buried here on the island and hopefully my great, great grandkids can come dig it up somewhere. Pursue your passion. What else am I passionate about? Um, I read constantly. Um, I'm passionate about life in general and I think that's what's really important, um, and that I want people to hear. I, I hope you hear it when I'm telling my stories each week. I hope you hear it um, when uh, I have guests come on. I'm so excited about some of the guests. I'm doing, uh, before before I wrap up today and uh, and move through it, I can't believe I forgot that in the middle of that story with uh, Mrs. Wiley Rabadou. But you know what the great thing about that is? If you're sitting in the hammock here with me, and people who know me will start laughing when they hear that part of that <laughs> podcast today because that's exactly what happens to me when – and I won't let you move on. I'll just sit on it until I come back around to it. <laughs> I'll just stay on it, man. Uh, you know, it's like a piece of popcorn in your tooth. Your tongue just keeps I, – I, I can't move on. But episode seven, I'm going to do another episode uh, before I have some guests on, uh, maybe one or two more episodes. I have um, a few more things, stories I want to tell. Um, and the next episode, episode seven, um, is an adoption story. I'm going to talk about being adopted, um, by, uh, wonderful parents in Connecticut. I was adopted by hippie pacifist Quakers. So joining the Marine Corps did not bode well. And then I'm also, um, in that story, I'll talk about, uh, finding my biological father when I was about 33 years old. Um, after I had located my biological mother. So I'm going to talk about uh, being adopted uh, and then uh, what it was like to meet my biological mother and find my biological dad. That's in the next episode, episode seven, so stay tuned for that. Hey, life requires passion. Um, get your freak on. Just be yourself wherever you're at. You know, I, uh, I hope that you hear that from me, you know, that maybe... Uh, listening to this and uh, listening to me be a little bit fearless, throwing out my stories and uh, parts of my life 
uh, maybe there's some some ways that that uh, opens you up to. Anyways, wherever you're at today, I want you to head out and have a wonderful day. I'm Stronzo, your host, and you've been listening to the Island Lifer podcast. Cheers. <laughs>